0: Thank you, Dorothy. Um, this morning we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. To so continue a series of messages on awakening in the church. Um, too often <clears throat> in the church we spend a lot of time talking about what needs to be fixed outside the church how people need to be changed outside the church and we all need change but the place where Jesus spent his time was inside the church and, and so as we look at a series of messages we're going to be in 2 Timothy 3 1-5 this morning and uh before I do that, do make a plea. Encourage you to come back tonight. I'm going to have a, a a service with a shorter message and business meeting at the end to give a chance to uh, share what is going on in the life of the church through the leadership. Um, encourage you to come back. Encourage the leadership to share. Uh, like yesterday, we had a we were blessed with a marriage conference. And, uh, appreciate Lori's leadership in that. Uh, a great blessing. And revival just around the corner. encourage you to be in prayer with that. In the bulletin, <clears throat> there's a little biography of uh, the man who's coming, Roger Roller, uh, who's an encouragement. Just be in prayer with that. We all need to be refreshed. And uh, I know Roger's heart, and I believe he's the kind of guy that that's his heart. So turn with me to 2 Timothy 3 and ask you to stand when you find that. So read those first five verses. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Let's pray. Lord, uh, here we are again. We need you, God father i look around me sometimes and i get disappointed in me thank you father that uh, jesus covers me and really that's the story for all who discover the love of god in jesus christ you cover us with forgiveness and you cover us with a new start you cover us with hope and Father, you help us see who we really are and who we're meant to be instead of maybe where we're stuck. And I pray this morning, Father, that you might uh, speak to us, Lord, um, through this message. Thank you for your spirit being available to us. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Warnings. Sometimes it is really to be, it is really a blessing to be warned. I, I remember, oh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but uh, several years ago, we went to a homecoming at a church that we had, prior church we had served, and been there a long time. And I had a big time, you know, going around seeing the old friends and hugging necks and talking to different people. Finally, this one guy comes up to me and whispers in my ear. He said, Todd, it's good to see you, but I need to tell you something. I said, what? He said, man, you've got ketchup and mustard all over your face. So, you know, I ran over and found some napkins, and I said, man, thank you for letting me know. I mean, all these people, they love me, but I'm walking around with ketchup and mustard over my face, and maybe they didn't love me enough to let me know how dumb I looked, you know. Sometimes those embarrassing times are that, you know, it's important to find out. Or what if you knew someone, uh, you know, you heard that a flood's coming and you've got a friend that lives in a, you know, a Liloan area and it's dangerous to live there, you're in the flood area. Well, you'd want to warn that friend. Or even with your loved ones, you know, something dangerous is around the corner. If they continue to make those decisions, well, the natural thing is to warn, to let them know, hey, that is a dangerous course of action. And, you know, if I love you, I need to warn you about it. So we look at Second Timothy. It is the last book that Paul penned through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, uh, this is dungeon talk. He is in a, a place where it's easy to be discouraged. In a, in a dungeon chained up uh, days away, maybe even hours away from his death. It, it is not a time for games. It, it is not a time for trivial talk. He is in his 60s and he's writing to a young apprentice named Timothy who is a pastor in a church. And he's sharing his heart with Timothy. Timothy. And it's interesting, you know, in Second Timothy one, he starts out encouragement to be faithful. He's sharing with him. He says, "I just want you to be faithful to God, Timothy." And then he moves on, and and uh, chapter two, and he, he says, "I I want you to remember God's watching you, Timothy, and I want you to work as one who seeks God's approval." That's that's what I want, Timothy, for you. And then he moves on to our section of Scripture, chapter three. And and you know, it's interesting. Many times when I hear a section of Scripture like this, uh, what comes to my mind, and I guess this is just what maybe I've kind of heard and thought from my past church experiences, is, you know, we're talking about those people outside the church. Couldn't do a passage of Scripture like this, and you think, man, there's just some people outside of church that, man, they need to get their lives together. They're headed down a road that's destructive. And our land is, you know, falling apart. And, 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 you know, America's in trouble because of these people who are living outside of God. The only problem is, as I look at this section of Scripture, as I look at what Paul, uh, this older man of God, is writing to a, uh, his apprentice, he's not talking about people who are outside the church. He's not talking about people outside of the family of God. This is what's convicting. He's talking about those inside the family of God. He's saying, hey, it is time to do a heart check. It is time to look inside. And if you want to be frank about it, it looks to me like he is even talking about those with great influence, the church leaders the other pastors, the other people in prominent positions. And a matter of fact, in chapter uh, 3, if you go down a little bit further, uh, verse 12, he says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. In other words, he's saying, be who other people think you are. And and he's saying to Timothy, make sure that you're walking close with God. Guess he's not talking about those people who are far from God, who never set foot in church, and, and who have nothing to do with, with church type of activities. He is actually talking to people who are within the church, who are actively involved in the church, and who are not walking with God, who are living a double life, who appear to be one way, but outside of the church activities, they're different. Uh, a very convicting uh, section of, of Scripture for all of us. A friend of mine, he used to pray, and I'll never forget it. What a great prayer. He'd always pray, God, may I be the man other people think I am. And I always pray that. And and well, that's a great prayer for all of us. And so as we march down uh, this section of Scripture, and this is some tough stuff we're looking at here. But he, God just says, hey, does any of this mark me? So let's look at these. He starts out here. He says, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. That word terrible is actually used in uh, Matthew 8, 28. So let's turn there real briefly and... It says, uh, When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. <clears throat> they were so violent that no one could pass that way. The term translated here. Violent. In other words, just terrible, horrible times. He he says, what's on the horizon here is there are people who are living this double life that are going to cause chaos, and what stops the church is not what happens outside the church, it's what happens inside the church. It's what happens within the hearts of God's people. Are they being transformed and living in the power of God, or are they living a double life? And so, um, let's look at this list. He begins here, He says, people will be lovers of themselves. The first issue here is when you live, where does all the attention go? Am I always the recipient? Am I always the one who is considered to be the most important? That's that's what was happening among some in the body of Christ. You know, it's it's funny. I read a story about two kids, uh, Kevin and his little brother Ryan. Kevin's five. Ryan's three years old. And (coughs) pancakes just came out for breakfast. They got an argument over who was going to be the first one to get pancakes. And so uh, Kevin and Ryan's mom said, uh, Boys, you need to be like Jesus. I mean, after all, the, the Lord Jesus Christ... Um, If he were sitting here, he'd say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. Well, five-year-old Kevin looked at three-year-old Ryan and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. That's, that... Yeah. It's kind of cute when you're five and three. But not later, (laughs) is it? Um and then with uh, let's move on to the next one here Uh, they're money lovers what it says here um, lovers of money those whose pursuit is to get more and more is of greed Philippians 4 verse 11 Paul says I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance that I am in and Two ways to handle greed: it's either to get more and more, or to want less and less. Learn to learn to in to be appreciative of what you have, to be grateful for what you have, and and you know to have that kind of a heart. I mean, read. I want to read from the message, of this section of scripture. You know, who take uh, which is a paraphrase. <coughs> who takes this and puts it in uh, our modern language? He says, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous appearance, crude, treacherous, ruthless. I like this one. Bloated windbags. (laughs) Addicted to lust and allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. Then he moves on from here, and, and he says, uh, they're boastful, and they're proud. Hey, someone has said, uh, the whistle doesn't pull the train. To be boastful and to be proud is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. And we need to ask ourselves sometimes when we push so hard to say it's my way or the highway, is that really Jesus? But but this happens sometimes in churches and people get hurt and they become casualties. And that leads us to the next one here. Look at this, guys. It says abusive. When these kind of characteristics are in play in, in church, it's not hard for it to become abusive. It's not hard to see people who get hurt. And, um, well, we've all seen that, or, or we've been a, a part of that. And God says, may that not happen among my people. And, and, and that hurts God's heart, And, and um, this abusive type of mentality. And, and then he goes on, and look what happens here next. Uh, it says, disobedient to their parents. <laughs> the family becomes under attack. There becomes a disregard for authority for people who are in a position that you submit to and and parents are are the ones that come under siege where there is not that lack of... where, where there is not that respect. Now, hey, I understand, man. Sometimes parents really mess up. Sometimes they make poor decisions. parents aren't perfect i get it and sometimes i have to eat my words and then go i know to my children and say i'm sorry i just was wrong you know uh like this family i is interesting i read about they were watching a documentary uh their teenage daughter on finding perfect parents and as she got in the documentary sitting with her family parents said honey do you ever wish that you had a different set of parents? And she said, oh, no, Mom and Dad, no problem. said, you guys are so moody, I feel like I have a different set of parents every day. I, yeah, sometimes, you know, that kind of thing goes into play. But he, he says here, don't let that rule you. Don't, don't be disrespectful. Don't, don't disregard parents. Honor your father and your mother. As that happens in churches. Next, as he moves on through here, he says ungrateful. And the idea here with ungrateful is there is no elementary appreciation. There is a failure to value the sacrifice of others that have provided for you, that have sacrificed, so that you might be able to enjoy a blessing. No appreciation. Uh, Turn me to Isaiah 51 verse 1. It says, Listen to me, (coughs) you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry which you were hewn so he says here hey, go back you little rock and see from the quarry from which you came from which you were cut And in other words there's a time to go and look where you came from your heritage and I know uh, for some th- that's painful there's some painful experiences in looking back but also if we're honest it helps us see who we are and, and sometimes we can see blessings um I've shared this number of times, but I, I grew up in a family. And I'm grateful for my parents. Um, my dad worked three jobs. I, I seldom, it seemed like, I got to see him because he was so busy. And uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday in the marriage conference. One of the times I, I'd see dad, uh, he'd come in. He was a die caster at General Electric. <clears throat> and He'd come in grease-covered clothes. Uh, about 11.30 at night, so I'd try to stay up so I could see Dad. And and he'd come in the door, and he'd stuff candy and crackers in his pockets. So, you know, as I went up to hug him, I'd be digging through his pockets, man, trying to get candy and crackers out of there uh, to see him. And
1: and there were a lot of times I
0: wish he would... I could have seen him more. But then I look back on that, and I say, man, I'm just grateful that I had a dad that worked so hard, that provided for us, that met those needs and then mom was sick and and um, um took a lot of medicine and, and and slept a lot and 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 you know I you know I can remember you know any complaint about that and then but mom loved me and I didn't understand all these issues that my parents were dealing with and and it didn't make sense then. It took years later for. And I'm grateful for those parents that God gave me, and, and I'm grateful for the town that I grew up in. And and it's so easy sometimes to to you know look back and 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 miss what's good that's there, miss the blessings that's there. And 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 so there's value in being grateful, guys, um, for where you came from. Next, <clears throat> look what. Uh, in, back in Second Timothy chapter 3 uh, there's actually uh, a set here of where you put the uh, alpha in the Greek in front of words where they become the opposite of what they're meant to be uh, that first one ungrateful then the next one is unholy instead of being holy it is unholy for the Jew, uh, natural thoughts would be touching a dead body that was considered to be unholy. You just didn't do that, or it would be uh, considering a, a son marrying his mother, or you know any kind of an incestuous relationship. That's unholy. You know that's just unnatural. And so the but the picture here is to not give glory to God, to, to not be open before God and, and, and to let Him work in our lives and, and to change us and to transform us. That's unnatural. It's unnatural to be a child of God and not follow the Heavenly Father. That, that's, that's unholy. That, that's, that, that's not supposed to be that way. And, uh, and he moves to the next one, which is unloving. Which is lacking a basic af- affection. Affection for loved ones. People know you care about them. He says, hey, those people that are out there who are part of church and they don't love each other, it's it's wrong. It's not supposed to be that way. supposed to love one another. Uh, And then the next one here as he moves down through here, he says, unforgiving. We're to be a people who forgive each other. Many times in churches, God doesn't move because there's grudges. We get mad. And then like the Hatfields and McCoys, I'm sure they forgot what they were even feuding about, what they were fighting about. That happens among God's people in church. Families are mad at each other. They aren't even sure why they're mad at each other. but it, 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 It prevents God's blessing. Prevents his spirit from living through that. Don't, you don't let that happen. Clara Barton, who founded the Red Cross, uh, it's interesting. Someone came up to her and said, "Do you remember that person who committed this great, mentioned this great offense, this great offense against you?" <coughs> and Clara Barton said, "No, I don't remember." I said, "Are you sure you don't remember that incident?" She goes, "I distinctly remember forgetting it." That's where forgiveness comes in. It's a a choice of of, of forgiveness. Um, Then the next seven, they're broader, and I'm not going to spend much time here. He moves here. He says, slanderous to talk evil behind someone's back about someone without self-control. You know, I can't help myself. I have no self-control, no power, and yet the Bible says clearly when you're walking under God, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Brutal, which is just the idea of, of um, just cruelty. And then he says, not lovers of the good, where <clears throat> finding wrong in everything, where there's a skepticism everywhere that's turned. Then there's treacherous. It's interesting. This word treacherous is used only one other place in the New Testament, and it's to describe Judas. I'll be treacherous. And then it says, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Comes back to this, that this is not, not the way it's supposed to be. And then verse 5, he sums it up. He says, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with it. That's not to mark us as a people, guys, where there's this form of godliness. But there's no power. Of Jesus Christ that is among us. That, that's not the call. It, God wants us to walk with Him so that He may awaken us. And as I bring this thing together, and as I close, uh, King David, when God called him to be the king for his the first seven and a half years that he ruled, he ruled one tribe, Judah. And then the other tribes came together as God was working and wanted to be under David's rule, saw God's hand upon David. And they came together, and in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, there is this listing of those who joined David at Hebron, who came together to support him. And there's a mention of a group of people in 1 Chronicles twelve thirty two frequently spoken of today, and I think there's value in that. And as I thank God of awakening us, we need to be people like this. 1232, it says, Men of Isaacar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. These particular people that are mentioned, they understood the times and they knew what needed to be done. So, two things here. One was discernment. With a close walk with God, they sought God for discernment. What, how does this, God, how does your word, what do I do here, God? I need your guidance. I, I need you to lead. And then, once there was an understanding of this is from God, act on it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just dream about it. Do it. And, and that is so needed in, among God's people it, it, as He awakens us as we follow. Let's pray. Lord, uh, good um, to be together this morning. As, Father, we look at a set of Scripture that, God, it, it's easy to talk about outside the church, but God, as you look at us, Father, um, is that me? Father, um, I just want to be honest enough to let you look inside, Lord. Because we're not able to be who you want us to be till we recognize where we are. And so, Father, I, I pray for me and everyone else here, Lord, just work in us, Father, that we might be set free from any of these traits, Father, that are keeping us from being what you want, Lord, who you want us to be, Lord. As we talk about wanting to be revived and be renewed and all of that, Lord, it involves being honest with you. Father, that's the way you tend to work. You Change by first changing. and So, Father, change my heart of God. Lord, help me see you. And I pray that for others here as well, that you might start something, Lord, that we we'll just have to stand up and shout. Jesus is among us and he's at work. So, Lord... <clears throat> As we come to a time we call invitation or response, I just simply ask, Father, that you would move among us, Lord, for your glory, Lord. What do you want to do? An altar that is open and a time to respond. Just, work. in your name we pray.